the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The work that you and I do as believers in Christ, you might say that, well, we're in the trenches. How about you? Are you in the trenches or are you a sideline Christian? Are you a, a casual Christian? One of those people who simply go to church on Sunday for maybe an hour or two and call it good. Welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, who takes us to Luke chapter 14 today, verses 15 through 24, in a message he's called The Trenches. We'll be focusing in on our calling our life in Christ and what it actually looks like. It's more than just pew warming. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. It says this in verse 15. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, a certain man had a great supper invited and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come, for all things are now ready. But, th- but they all with one accord began to make excuses. Somebody say excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a, a place, a piece of ground and must go see it. I ask you. To have me excused. Another said. I have bought five yokes of oxen. And I'm going to test them. And I asked. You to have me excused. Still another said. So that servant came and reported these things. To his master. Then the master of the house. Being angry said to his servant. Go out quickly. Into the streets. And lanes of the city. And bring in here the poor, the maimed, and the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you've commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited, he says, shall taste my supper. Amen. God's heart is to save people. He wants to see people's lives transformed. God desires that none should perish, but that all should experience and have and obtain eternal life. If somebody dies in their sin, it's not God's fault because he's made provision. He's made a way out. He's given us opportunity. He's given us a way to experience justification, redemption, healing, restoration. He's given us opportunity to experience life and that more abundantly. 
And so for all of us, we have to understand that it's God's passion and the desire is to save people. He wants to transform them. And in this particular parable, we see Jesus helping people to understand that it's, God has a big heart. But there's only one way. And, and, and there's the invitation is being made. But what happens for a lot of people, they make excuses. Their stuff blinds them. Their stuff captivates them. The reality of their stuff puts them in a position where they assume that they're okay because they have many things. But many things aren't the answer. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me say this. Your money can't give you eternal life. It can't. It can't give you eternal life. Your spouse can't give you eternal life. Your boat can't give you eternal life. Jesus paints a picture here, and it's a reminder to everyone in the world. But it's also a reminder to the church that if we're going to see the Lord do what he wants to do, we have to get in our mind that there's no limitation and there's no reach that we're not, that, that, that we're hindered by, that we're willing to go the extra miles and if need be also get into the trenches. Now, when I say trenches, I don't mean trenches just for people that are poor. And we're going to talk about this here. But sometimes getting into the trenches also means dealing with people who have money. And that's getting down in there and helping them to understand that they need God just as much as the person that doesn't have anything. And so for all of us, we have to embrace this. Why? Because it's our Father's desire that none should perish. His desire is that the net be wide in its, in its, in its, in its ability to reach people. And that we draw them and that we're not, and I want to say this right, we're not, we're not hindered by somebody being poor, by somebody being rich, somebody being middle class. That we're not hindered in any way and that our heart is to see everyone regardless of their social economic condition. And we have to understand this. The church is not just for poor people. The church is not just for rich people. The church is not just for middle class. The church is for God so loved the world. Can I have an amen? That he gave his only begotten son. And our job is to make sure that we understand this mind and have this mindset and be willing to go into the trenches with people to draw them out no matter what their socioeconomic situation is. It is. Amen? Let's go to James chapter 2 and let's look at this. So we're going to start off and we're going to talk about ministering to people that are poor. Let's go. James chapter 2 verse 1 to 8. It says this in verse 1. It says, My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. He said, For if there should come into your assembly... A man with gold rings and fine apparel. And there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes. And you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes. And say to him, you sit here in a good place. And say to the poor man, you stand there 
or sit here at my footstool? Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? He says in verse 5, listen, my beloved brother, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored, you have dishonored the poor man. Do not rich, do not the rich oppress you and drag you into courts? Do they not blaspheme that noble name by which you are called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you do well. This is part of our mission field. Part of our mission field is to find people that are poor and do the best that we can as a church community to reach out and, and, and touch them in a way that they sense the love and the power of God being extended towards them. And if you have never been poor before, just wait. Life can happen fast, y'all. But the thing is, you have to understand that it's good to know that from a church community standpoint, you have people that are not partial, that don't show partiality, and that aren't blinded by a person's social economic situation or condition. And that the Lord delights in using us as instruments to bless people that are, that have, that are experiencing poverty. And so it's important for us to understand when people come into the doors of our church or they get, just get around you, that there's no little eyes and big U's. That there's nothing in your heart that say, well, I don't want to sit next to this person because they were wearing those same clothes last week. Something has to be broken in us as, as a church and as a people in general where we, we're just we're attracted to the flash and the bang too much. But Jesus didn't come that way. He came in a lowly state and position. When you look at John the Baptist's life, John the Baptist didn't come with flash. His flash wasn't his apparel. His flash was, was what was coming out of his mouth. The jewels and treasure that were coming out of his mouth that God had anointed him to preach. I thank God for nice things. I thank God for nice things. I praise God for those things. But, but we all have to make sure we keep those things in their proper perspective and context in our lives. Because Jesus says here that sometimes you're going to come in and there's going to be people that come in the doors of your church or in your life or in your house. They don't have anything. And the devil has beat them up. And life has, has beat them up. And they've made bad decisions. And got themselves caught up in this stuff. And all these dynamics are happening. And all these dynamics can happen. But when we see a person like this, what is our response? Our heart has got to be, how can I reach out and grab this person and pull them out of their situation? Or at least try to help them. Because some people are hard-headed. They're not going to listen to you. You can lead them right to the water. And they say, I'm not thirsty, but I am. But I don't want to dip my hand. You do it. No, no, no. We're not talking about people who have an entitlement mentality and they don't want to do anything. Because if you don't work, you don't eat. According to that book. 
So we're not talking about that. We're talking about individuals who, who have a heart to work, have a heart to do it. But life has dealt them a rough hand at this time. And they met Jesus and you're trying to pull them out of their situation. It's our job to make sure that we come alongside and we help people through that. Well, I thank God for our church because we have our outreach and we, we have a whole room set up that for clothes for people that need it. We, I thank God for the work that we're doing. But at the end of the day, there's also a heart condition that we have to maintain here as a church community. Because we're praying for God to send people off the streets. Can I have an amen, y'all? And some people are going to walk in the door and they don't have, they don't have nothing. And they do smell bad. And they don't, and they, they haven't, they, they don't, they, they're taking a shower at 70, at, over here at 24-hour fitness. And they don't have, and our job is to say, okay, we understand your situation. We're going to help you through. Now, you got to walk with us. But our heart is to get into the trenches. We cannot get, be in a position in our minds where we think, well, that's for, the, that's for them to do. I don't want anybody hugging me today. Don't you see my suit? I'm too clean for all that. But that's how people, they get in their mind. Just because you got a suit don't mean that you wealthy neither. Can I have an amen, y'all? Wealth is very relative, amen? There's different levels. But we got to get it in our mind. We got to get it in our mind that it doesn't matter who God sends in the door and who sits next to me. That I'm going to, I have the heart that Jesus is saying that we're, we should have through, through the apostle James. That we can't dishonor people. People should come in no matter what their circumstance is and at least come to the house of God and feel some kind of honor. They may not get it in the world. They're not going to get it in society. They're not going to get it from people outside. But when you come in the house of God, there should be a place where you come in and you feel at least I'm honored when I have to come to church. I may not have nothing, but I got honor. They honor me when I go there. They don't have a special seating in the back for people that don't have anything. And it's a shame that I'm talking about this, but in some churches, that is the condition. And we've got to break this off the body of Christ where we think the body of Christ, that this is a show. God is looking for some trench warfare. Can I have an amen? Some individuals who understand that in the house of God, there, but he says here, but you have dishonored the poor man. You've dishonored this person. You put the person here that's got money, you put them up, but, you, but this person that doesn't have any, there's, we got to break this partiality that goes on in the church, that goes on in churches all around the world. And we have to get back to getting into the trenches with people that, that are poor and maybe don't have it, but yet they do have faith, which is the greatest treasure. And God can build everything else up, but the greatest treasure, they're hanging on to it. Can I have an amen, y'all? Let's go to Mark chapter, chapter 10. 
And let's see what Jesus says here because we want a church that ministers effectively to people that are poor and that are going through it. But then we don't want to develop an ungodly self-righteousness and pride around ministering to poor people. Because that can happen in the kingdom too. Man, I like your churches all right, but y'all don't, you know, all y'all do is minister to poor people. And, you know, you, I mean, all y'all minister to is, is rich people. Y'all don't, y'all minister to any poor people. And then there's, but look at us. We, you know, we just, we just, all my whole church is broke, bruh. We doing it. You doing what? We, we just got all poor, man. Everybody broke, dog. Like, so you want everybody in your church to stay broke, to be broke, everybody broke? Yeah, see, that's what Jesus said, you know. Y'all not really, y'all not, y'all not in the hood, really, hitting with the hood, with the hood, you know. Aren't you trying to bring people out the hood, though? No, 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 Jesus didn't minister like, you know, and then I talk to pastors, and that's what they tell you. And they say, okay, well, I'll just say, okay, well, that's fine. Y'all can stay broke. If that's your calling. The devil is, but that's not my calling. Can I have an amen, y'all? Come on, look at somebody tell me. You better ask somebody. I mean, we want to minister to poor people, but if we all broke, well, what are we going to do? But that wasn't Jesus' message. Jesus' message was more well-rounded than that. We want to minister to the poor, and that's what we will do. But listen what he says here. In verse 23, Mark chapter 10, verse 23, he says, Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard is it for those who what? Trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are what? Possible. So God is not against wealth. When we get into trouble is when we start trusting in our riches. When our trust is in our savings account, our trust is in our bank account, our trust is in our money, and our trust is in our stuff. And our trust isn't in the words of God. It isn't in God. That's when we get in the, in, the, in the problems. Jesus is here ministering, and he's not just ministering to, to, to poor people. He's also helping them to understand that there is a place also for wealthy, but it's hard because people that are, are wealthy, sometimes they trust in their riches more than they trust in God. They take security in their, in their riches. And as a result of them taking their security in their riches, they don't know how to let go 
and give in totally and fully to God because I always got a backup plan. If God doesn't work, I got my money. Well, for us as a church community, we don't want to be limited to just thinking that our whole mission is just ministering to poor people. Our mission also involves ministering to people who have money but have to understand that money shouldn't have them. So there's no limitation for where we're willing to go. That We're willing to get down in the trenches and minister to somebody that's poor, but we're also willing to, to get down and minister to somebody that, that in the trenches with somebody that has money, but has been so captivated by their money that the money has become their God. And the pursuit of money has become their God. Our job is to go, beyond, go behind in, enemy lines in both of these conditions and then help people to understand how desperately they still need God. And we've got to get to a place as a church community where we become bold and fearless when it comes to ministering to people. Just because they got money doesn't mean they know everything. Just because they got money doesn't mean that their life is perfect. Just because they have money doesn't mean that they're, they're, it, it, there's a place in us, and you have to understand, I came to God, and I wasn't down and out. I was up and out. You're talking to somebody 22 years old, was a, became a millionaire at 22 years old, and, and then, then started realizing that, wait a minute, I got all this money, but why? Something's wrong with me. Well, maybe I'll go buy a new car. That'll, that'll, that's it. Maybe I'll go get another house. That, that, that's it. And maybe I'll go there. And then finally, somebody ministers to me on the football field in Napa, California during training camp. And finally, it was like somebody showed me that, wait a minute, you're not all that. And your money can't buy you eternal life. You need God in your life. And when that person ministered to me, it was like, that's it. But thank God, there was a man of God there that didn't care about my social economic situation and being a first round draft pick. He saw that I was poor and needed some help in my life. Can I have an amen, y'all? And he was there in the trenches to say, hey, look, man, you may have all this stuff, but you don't got God. And it's hard for a person that has riches, it's hard for a person that has riches to wake up and realize that your money can't save you. And there has to be somebody. It doesn't have to be the most, you don't have to be the most eloquent person. It's already going to be hard for this person to give their life to God. But God has to have somebody in place that says, I don't care how much money they got. They need Jesus Christ in their life. And that's the thing. that Can I have an amen? And I'm willing to speak to them. I don't care what it takes. I'm willing to tell them that you got all this. You got a new car, but you need God. I'm talking about getting down in the trenches, y'all. I'm talking about getting to where people are at in the highways and in the hedges. And saying, it doesn't matter. I'm not impressed by your social situation. Your economic situation doesn't impress me. Whether you're poor or you got money, do you know Jesus? 
And this is that mindset that we have to have. Sometimes God is connecting you with people that do have money. And the connection isn't about you getting more money from them. Stop looking at people with dollar signs. They're not dollar signs. Oh, I really want to get connected to that brother right there. Man, you see what kind of car they drive. Man, they the CEO over there. And God may be saying, yeah, I want you to connect, but I don't, I'm not going to give him a, I'm not telling him to give you a job. I'm telling you to give him the gospel. <laughs> I'm telling you to give him the gospel. No, he's not going to hire you, and it's not going to be the devil. It's going to be me. All I want you to do is plant the seed and give him the gospel. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925 925- Two nine two seventy eight hundred. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, twenty three thirty three Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code nine four five five one. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.